Welcome to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast, where we talk with some of the greatest names from the stadium and stage about the music and sports that shaped their lives. I'm John Adams. In my years of working in the music and sports arenas, I've experienced firsthand the surprising connections between these two industries. Together, through this podcast, we will explore this crossover relationship. All of our podcasts have an accompanying Spotify playlist that showcases the music we discuss with each of our guests. Search for The Score on Spotify. Today's guest is a brilliant lyricist and vocalist. His band is a cultural and musical mashup of bluegrass music along with the beats and poignant lyrics of rap music. The band, Gangsta Grass, is readying for the release of their latest album, No Time for Enemies. We get to have a conversation with our son, the voice of reason, right after this. Hi, this is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, the coronavirus is affecting all of us, but for communities of color, the impact is especially devastating. Sadly, this pandemic amplifies the real-life consequences of existing economic and social inequalities. That's why the NBA is partnering with the National Urban League to help inform, represent, and empower communities of color. This is a time for all of us to help all of us. And the more we understand the issues, the more we will be able to solve them. Now, more than ever, we need to be in this together. Be safe, be informed, and get engaged. Welcome back to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. Today, we're happy to welcome into the podcast vocalist from the bluegrass rap group Gangsta Grass, Arson, the voice of reason. Thanks for being with us, Arson. What's up, man? How you doing? How are you? Oh, all is all is good in my world. I can't complain. I know you are right now in Philly, but I yes, hear, indeed. but I know that the band was put together in New York. So, are you a New York? Yeah. Are you a New York guy or a Philly no. guy? I'm I'm born and raised in Philly. Oh. Um, our our lead singer and the creator of the band, uh, Wrench, lives in Brooklyn. Um, but mm-hmm. we're actually the five of us that are in the band now. We're all over the place. Um, myself and Dolio, the other MC, are both in Philly. Um, our banjo player is in Jersey, but he's from DC. Our fiddle player is in Baltimore, but he's from Nebraska. <laughs> and Wrench is in Brooklyn. So yeah, we're all over the place. Wow, but but you all. Could, kind of came together in New York and uh, the the band yeah. congealed yeah. there. Yeah, Wrench put the whole thing together. This is uh, the, the whole idea of Gangsta Grass was all his baby and he found all of us in various places through various stages and such. So yeah, well, I know we are all over the world. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk music and sports here. And I know you guys have a new album that's uh, th- that's going to be released here and that's No Time for Enemies, correct? No time for enemies. Yep. We're going to be gonna gonna talk a little bit about the the new album stuff in a little while, but right now I want to know about your fandom. So you're born and raised in Philly. You've got to be a Philly yeah. guy, Philly fandom. I'm Philly. I am four for four Philly. <laughs> Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, Phillies. So four t- to the death. And what is your what's your favorite sport? What's your who's your favorite athlete growing up? <sighs> I was a Dr. J guy coming up. I'm a I'm an old dude, man. I'm 46. Right on. Uh, and so I was a Dr. J guy, uh, Charles Barkley guy, um, Allen Iverson guy. I, I spent uh, 
10 years in state college, uh, Pennsylvania, I uh, went to Penn State, so I'm also a Penn State guy. Um, but yeah, man, Sixers, uh, Donovan McNabb was my favorite quarterback. Yes. Um, I love Carson, I love Carson Wentz. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves anywhere, anywhere at all. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Philly all day. Ryan Howard does not get the respect in this town that he deserves. I, and I, I have to admit, I'm trying to get deeper into my hockey. Uh, I can watch, I can get in on some playoff hockey all day. Um, it's harder for me to watch during the regular season because the Sixers are usually on. But for some reason, playoff hockey is just so much more exciting. Yes, it is. It's it, it, they, they definitely turn it up several notches in the playoffs. It, well, playoff hockey is almost a different animal. It's so much fun. And I think anyone, so much fun. anyone can get wrapped up into that. Yeah. I was watching playoff hockey last year. Didn't care about any of the teams. I was like, <laughs> well, it's, a, it, it's sports and it's playoff hockey. And it's just way more exciting. So with you being the Philly guy and uh, and the band being from New York, is there ever ever some uh, Philly New York rivalry going on? Not really, because I'm the only really deep, deep, deep sports guy in the whole band. Um, band got excited when the the uh, Nationals won the World Series because he's from DC, but he's not a big sports guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, our tour manager sleeves. She's way more in the sports than anybody else in the band besides me. Uh, so she and I, you know, we, we, we chop it up to our football season when the, uh, when the Eagles play the Redskins, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it doesn't really get that deep, hmm. unfortunately, because I'm the only sports guy. And when, when we're, when we're on the road in the fall, I'm like, look, it's Sunday afternoon. Let's, there's gotta be some football on somewhere. <laughs> we're, we're not, we're not performing right now. Let's go find somewhere to watch some football. Nobody else cares. Well, you know, Just me. but also if they did care, there's the New York teams can't hold a candle to Philly teams, at least as of recently. Cause yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I, I got a couple of, couple of dear friends of mine uh, that are Knicks fans. I feel so bad for them. Like it's just, it's, it's sad how bad the Knicks have been over the last several decades. And at least the Sixers were like, look, this is our plan. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to poop the bed for a while now and, and we're going to get better <laughs> on, on purpose, but this is what we're doing. And everybody knew it. Yeah. Um, but it's, the Knicks are like, no, we're, we're trying. We're really trying. Oh no, it didn't work this time. <laughs> no, we're really trying. We're, we're trying. I swear. We're tr- no, it didn't work this time. Okay. Yeah. So many front office changes and coaching changes, player personnel changes. It's, it's just always in flux. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's really, really heartbreaking. So, you know, for all my New York guys, um, I I know a bunch of New York guys that are have sort of drifted down 95 to Philly fandom. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I, I get it. I get it. I, I don't I don't really, really condone it, but I understand it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard to be on that losing train for so long i mean clipper fan has had to deal with that forever yeah yeah and and i get that i definitely get that but i think if you do that you should have to you know take a test or something if you decide (laughs) you want to come back like there are a whole lot of people that wrote off the the eagles and the sillies and and I mean, yeah, I remember the Philadelphia Phillies are the losing its franchise in professional sports. Yeah. Right. And people just sort of wrote them off. Then, you know, about 10 years ago when they were good, 
all these people were like, oh, wait, the Phillies. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. <laughs> I know you have a Yankees hat on right now. So you're going to have to take a test or something. Um, we're going to have to you test your allegiance somehow to see if you're not just front runner. Because that's, that's, not, that's not the thing. I think every real sports fan has a problem with people who are bandwagoners, front runner lovers. That the test needs to be there. I give a a generation's worth of. I'll let you. I'll let it go. For example, my my youngest son, his mother's mom, uh, who I met in Delaware, is a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. Now she's got family from Texas. So I forgive that because yeah, you know, I told my kids if I move, you know, if we ever move anywhere, we're still legal fans. And so, you know, it should you, uh, uh, you know, a generation or so down the road, you have kids somewhere else and they, you know, respect their grandfather and maintain their Philadelphia fandom. Fine. However, should they, you know, glom on to wherever we live? I get uh, fine. That's fine too. Yeah. But if you're somewhere, and you lived somewhere and somehow decided, oh, no, I'm not going to rep that, that squad, but you're going to rep sport? No, 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 no. But, you, but nope. you've been on the road with the, with the band and have gone to, to sporting events. And that, that home fa- fandom, the home crowd does suck you in. I, yeah, yeah. And, and I get that. I get that if you're, you know, again, generationally. Mm-hmm. But I, I have an issue with the idea of moving somewhere and then somehow your fandom disappears based on your zip code. Like, no, yeah. no, I can't. I can't mm-hmm. with that. That, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work for me. So what's the sport that you can watch day or night? Doesn't matter what team. If it's on, the, if the sport is on, you're watching it. Football. Football. Yeah, I can watch football all day. I can watch college football like Saturdays when yes. the, the main games of the day are over and I'm still up at like twelve thirty and that West Coast game comes on, I'm like, <laughs> Yes. All right. I will watch this Hawaii and BYU game until the very last whistle. Fine by me. I'm okay with that. You know, and because it's I mean, it's just so you never know what's going to happen. There's nothing like a great football game. I'm a basketball guy yeah. too, and I, you know, I've stayed up late watching basketball games. And, um, but there, I don't know. There's something about football for me. Although I do always like uh, the thing they used to do in a, did they used to do that in Alaska uh, in the beginning of college basketball season. Oh, where they where they'd play like a 24 hours they'd be like of a tournament game. up yeah. there. They'd be like a tournament up there. So, yeah. yeah, I because that's where I discovered it's where I discovered Trajan Langdon, the Alaska assassin. Nice. Uh, used to play for Duke, and I was like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll watch some late night basketball. I don't care. I don't but, care. If, if there's sports on, I'm, I'll watch it. Why not? Well, as a Nittany, a Nittany Lion, you are. I know that you're drawn into the college football, but college oh, football. God. College football is so unique because you can be watching a game and the game can turn on a dime off of a 70-yard touchdown anytime. Yeah, at any moment. At any moment. It's either that or the worst blowouts you ever see in your life. (laughs) Yes. Uh, 91, Penn State beat Cincinnati 81 to nothing. And I watched the entire game. 
they were calling people out of the stands like, hey, you want to you want to run a snap or two? <laughs> you want to give it a shot? Sure. It, it was, and I watched every second of that game. But why would you watch that entire game? That is, it's a blowout. There's no point in coming back. People have got to have, the, the crowd had to have been very thin at that point. Nope. Not at Penn State, we weren't. Yeah. No. Oh. The people were enjoying the heck out of themselves. <laughs> and, and it was cheers. That I was in, I was living on campus and every touchdown you heard more just <laughs> people losing their minds. It was phenomenal. What's the better game then? Going to a, a, a game like that where you're winning hands down 81 nothing, or would you rather go to a, a game against Ohio State where you win by one with a last second field goal? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I, I think those comeback games are always they're always a little bit more exciting because, you know, you, you, you feel it in your chest and you're like, your heart's beating really fast. You you watch the blowout, you're just happy the whole time. But the emotional roller coaster of a back and forth game is just, it's just, there is no better feeling. I still tell people the, the fourth best day of my life uh, after the birth of my three children, the Eagles Super Bowl. Oh, yes. I've heard that. I've heard that by a, by a few Eagles fans, by a few Philly fans. So you're not yeah. the only one who feels that way. Yeah, it, it, it was really just the most, it was like the most weight off of your back feeling of all time, you know, and not only that, but, you know, beating Brady and Belichick and it was just, oh God, it felt so good. We and I watched it with a friend of mine, my four-year-old. Yeah, he was four at the time. He was asleep, and I had to go outside because I was yelling so much. <laughs> it was it was very very sad. One of the greatest moments I've ever seen in life was uh, I know you've seen it the uh, the shot of Kobe Bryant holding his baby when yes. they won. I cry every time I see that. Yeah, every single time. It was just a, that moment was just like yeah yeah that's it that's exactly it. <laughs> especially now with Kobe passing yeah. every one of those pictures yeah. of him with his girls of him as a father. We oh, love, God. we love the athlete, but seeing him as a father figure and, and holding his kids so close, those are the moments I, that I get cheered up at. That was a rough day out here. It was a rough day out here because for the longest time, like we, we had, there was a, 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 the whole city had this sort of beef with Kobe and he would kind of mess with us and jab at us and stuff like that. And, you know, you know, beat us in the finals kind of thing. But eventually it turned into a, 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 an admiration and a respect for him as a player and as a dude and as a father. And he really did at the end of the day, you know, rep for rep Philly and the Philadelphia area really hard. So, you know, that day, here, man, it was, it was rough. It was rough. I had to call a couple of my buddies and just sort of, you know, talk the whole thing out. It was, it was, it was a tough one. Yeah. You know, I'm watching the, uh, a little bit of the, uh, the, the Jordan last dance and, you know, you know, the, the stuff they did with Kobe in there too. And I'm just like, why is this guy not here anymore? Like this, this ain't fair. This is unbelievable. Fair. I got people out in LA that were just, Distraught, and you know, it's, it was one of those things. One, it was one of those sort of shared moments again about sports that you don't you don't get in a lot of other stuff. Yes, agreed. You know, like 
you know, regardless of what you felt about the team, like, you know, I know people that hate the Lakers or whatever, but, <laughs> but, but, but this guy as a player and as a dude was just, was just so important for him to be gone, him and his daughter and all the rest of them to be gone so suddenly and at, a, at such a young age, it, it was, it was, it was a lot. That was a galvanizing moment for all of us as sports fans. Just like I think the last time that this happened was when Prince passed away. Yeah. Oh, oh man. So oh, many of us just came together gracious. to mourn and to listen to his music and to talk about, about Prince the same way that we talked about Kobe just earlier in, in, in this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, there's a, uh, Remember when Prince died, there's a XM radio channel that's all uh, like R&B stuff. And for a good month and a half, it was all Prince. Yeah. And I just discovered the other day, there's an actual Prince channel. I'm like, all right, well, this is my new favorite. Sure, <laughs> why, not? why not? Well, the, the, that catalog is, is immense and just oh, so God. full of hits. And even the ones that aren't hits are such good tracks. Yeah, yeah, his his album tracks. I, I always feel like, especially his older stuff. I'm like, wait, was this a single too? Because I remember <laughs> listening to this all the time, and I'm just like, no, you were just listening to the entire album. All yes, the time. yes. So you know, you start to forget which ones were the album tracks. <laughs> uh, there, I got I got a couple albums like that. Um, In excess, kick. Oh yeah, I can't remember which ones were the which ones were the singles. Yeah, because I listened to that album so much. It's a great, great um, disc, top to, top to bottom, front to back. Yeah. The first and second, actually the first three uh, Tribe Called Quest albums. I oh can't God. remember which ones there are singles for because I'm like, no, this was, this came out. No, I was just listening to the <laughs> whole thing all the time. And I was a tape guy. You mm. know, I spent, you know, yeah, CDs started really getting popular in the late 80s, early 90s. I was buying tapes till the 99. Yeah. And just had stuff on in the walk, man, and just walk and listening to the whole thing because you don't want to fast forward because then you, you, you kill your batteries. So just listen yeah. to the whole thing. And, and were you a Columbia House guy where you got like a billion tapes in the mail? I, no, I wasn't. I, I used to go to the record store. I used to love going to the record store. Yeah. It was, I, I worked at one in, uh, at Penn State. It was a, a, it was a video store and music store. Uh, so they, rent, they rented videotapes and, and DVDs eventually. And, and they sold CDs and I used to work there and it was just, well, all right, you know, the boxes would come in and I'm like, all right, well, I know I'm buying this. I'm getting this, I'm getting this, I'm getting this. So we would get 50 of a box for 49 would make them, a CD, cause, but 49 would make them to the shelf because I'm buying one. <laughs> and there goes the paycheck. And every time. Again, today I'm speaking with Arson, the voice of reason, vocalist from the bluegrass rap group, Gangsta Grass. Have you ever met one of your favorite athletes? You know, I knew a bunch of guys at Penn State that eventually became some of my favorite athletes, but I had, I already knew them. Like, um, I knew Kijana Carter when he was playing. Uh, I knew Kyle Brady when he was playing. Um, a bunch of those guys, I knew them. But as far as, like, professionally, hmm. You know what? No. No, I haven't. Um, there's a couple I would like. I really would like to meet Dr. J. Doc was... Just, it means so much to the city. Uh, I really would like to meet Ryan Howard, and I, I, I think I had a couple opportunities to miss him, 
to, to, to meet him when he was still playing here, he used to eat at a restaurant near where I used to work. I missed him every time. But I, I really would like to, to meet him. would love to meet Cole Hamels. He seems like the nicest guy in the world. Carson Wentz I'd really like to meet, too. There's a, there's a lot of those guys. I was a, was a huge 49ers fan coming up, and I would love to meet Joe Montana. was a big part of my, my, my growth in sports. But him and Jerry Rice, man, just watching those guys play was was just so much fun. And I think for me, the 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 big part of that that really made me a Forty Nine ers fan. Um, I remember the game, and it was the uh, nineteen eighty NFC Championship when they beat uh, eighty four, mm-hmm. eighty four, yeah, yeah. eighty three, eighty four, when they beat the Cowboys. And I was like, well, a they beat the Cowboys, and b <laughs> this guy's name is Joe Montana. <laughs> so what's not to love about that? That's a, that's and a quarterback the, name. That is the only more quarterback name I've ever heard in my life is Colt McCoy. <laughs> and I think they grew Colt McCoy in a lab somewhere to play quarterback in Texas. That, 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 that's the only thing that makes sense. Like, really? That's your name? Okay, fine. You were growing in a lab to play quarterback, which is fine. You know, whatever it takes. <laughs> Yeah, along with Todd Murnovich. I think he was the one that was also in the lab uh, with Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those guys. Like, what else would you ever do? Like, you were made to play football. And whether or not you succeed, fine. But that's what you were made for. I think that's the thing that that a lot of people that aren't into sports are missing about sports. It's that, you know, when you're watching these guys do what they do, in many cases, in a lot of these cases, you may never see anyone do anything that well again. Mm-hmm. Do that particular thing that well again. It's really outstanding. Um, like, I don't know if you're ever going to see a swing better than Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing. Oh, agreed. Yeah. And that's, that, that, that's a statement. Like, however many hundreds of thousands of people have ever played the sport throughout time, and this guy did this thing better than anybody mm-hmm. that is that's a statement man that is a statement and i uh it's one of my favorite things about sports and as good as mike trout and judge and bellinger yeah. are that sweet ken griffey jr swing we can God, all agree swing is just, just the most one of the uh, uh, watching an athlete perform their particular task in in their particular way, I think it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yes. Um, and there's only a couple of those things, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I don't know if you saw uh, the end of December 2017, Black Thought from the Roots uh, was on Funkmaster Flex's show. And he did this 10-minute freestyle, right? <laughs> Google it. Yeah, you just just Google Black Bolt Freestyle. Mm-hmm. And for 10 minutes, this guy, not it, it's it is flawless. There's no skips, there's no pauses. It's it's absolute perfection. And it's I I've never seen an artist perform their art on that level anywhere ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. I, I and and, I, and I'm I hope that I will be able to take that statement to my grave because it's just so utterly magnificent. 
Well, uh, it's it, it, like I said, it's one of those things that, you know, in, in sports and in art, you can see that and just see that, you know, what, how, how much somebody has worked to, to get to this level of this, you know, when they do this thing, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, I, and it, and it, and it, and it, and if you're a fan of it, if it's just, it's your thing, it impacts you in a way that not many other things do. Have you ever been, have you ever been in stadium when one of your tracks has played in, in, uh, in the arena? Uh, in a stadium? Yeah. God, no. Really? Um, no, goodness gracious. No. Although I heard that somebody had used one of our songs for their like walk on music. Oh, great. I, I thought I heard that. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> now it may it, it might have been the uh, the song uh, "Long Hard Time to Come," uh, which mm-hmm. was the the theme song to Gangster Grass uh, to uh, Justified. Yes, it's a different MC on that track because uh, uh, he was the guy that that Wrench started the whole thing with. Uh, a cat named Tone, and we still you know still talk to Tone. He still does shows with us every now and again. Um, but that that's his joint. That's you know his verses on there, and he kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I the <laughs> I see where have I heard my songs. Um, kind of cool that honestly like it's little stuff that blows my mind i was somebody was asking me about gangster grass on spotify and i brought it up and the picture is uh me and banjo uh, our, yes. our banjo player and that for me was like wow that's me right there huh <laughs> it, 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 it took me i was like wow okay so if anybody looks this up this this is what they find Wow. Okay. But All right. Um, that, yeah, that's that, a good thing. The track "Barn Burning" seems absolutely perfect for in-stadium play with the hand claps. I would, yeah, great yeah, energy. I, I would love that. I would love that. That would. I would lose my mind if I heard if if that happened. That would make me very very happy. And that was a, <laughs> that was a great track to 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 do. There's a video for that. Um, that we shot, uh, I guess that was five years ago now. Um, and it's all about us getting cloned and going to Mars and it's ridiculous <laughs> and hysterical, uh, and was so much fun, just lots and lots of fun. Um, and we, you know, have been blessed enough to be able to do that and have a lot of fun doing it. You know, a lot of our stuff is, you know, it may be a little morose at times. There's a fantastic <laughs> song that we do, um, called never go home again. It's about, uh, recidivism and you know going to jail and stuff like that which is you know extraordinarily serious but at the same time you know we have a we had a great time recording it and, and performing it and it's uh it's one of those one of those songs that really connects to a lot of people um and so on whatever level we're doing it whether it is something like barn burning where it's just a really good time um or something like never go home again. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's enough there to really connect lots of people. Um, nickel and Don blues, same thing. It's a great, yes. you know, something to dance to and, you know, lots of hand claps going on, but there's, there's a lot being said in the song too. So, you know, we're, we're, we're having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. That's a, gr- that's an, an awesome track too. That's the latest single, uh, from the upcoming album, no time for enemies. And, I have to ask you about a quote that that you have because you were quoted as saying "Gangsta Grass paved the road 
or paved the old town road. Yeah. So yeah, we did. And you guys really started that, that country bluegrass slash rap genre. And without you guys, there would be no old town road. I, I like to think so. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there have been some, uh, a couple of country and rap crossover songs um, by really famous people, but I don't think anybody really did it well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what happened was, the idea was, let's put, let's put these things together as opposed to, let's find the commonalities within the music's and find people who's who sort of embody those commonalities and have them make music together, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I so th- and I think that's where it came from. Um, and so we've been down here sort of laying this groundwork for our, the last almost ten years, um, which made which for me and, and you know lots of other sort of. Uh, societal things, but from a music standpoint, made it a whole lot easier for something like Old Town Road to exist and thrive. Um, and you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. There was, there were, I had points where I was very much. I'm not a big fan of the song, and I was not a big fan of, uh, of Little Nas X for lots of reasons. But I'm trying to get past all of that um, and just sort of you know, let him rap and do his thing and still sort of maintain and make the kind of music that I want to make and that we want to make and that I feel was a better representation of hip hop and hip hop culture Mm -hmm. and sort of funnel that into a bluegrass lane and then allow real bluegrass culture to get funneled through a hip hop lane and have the two of them sort of merge into, you know, what we're doing. Now, I know Philly is not a big bluegrass town. So how'd you get into it's bluegrass? It's a much bigger bluegrass town than you might think. Um, really? Every year there's a, there's a Philadelphia Folk there's a Philadelphia folk Society, and every year we do a, there's a Philadelphia Folk Festival. Folk festival um, and um, so there there's a couple of, you know, really cool bluegrass bars here. Um uh, one of them is right on, on Broad Street, like headed in, in South Philly. Huh. Um, and so the, it's, it's here. Um, it's, it's a lot more here than people might realize. I think the, mm-hmm. the issue that's, that exists in bluegrass is a thing that existed for a bit in hip hop, but hip hop being a newer sort of culture, it was, pulled along into uh, modernization and, you know, a lot more stuff and brought into, a, uh, into the larger mainstream culture more than bluegrass, right? Because bluegrass's history was older than hip hop's uh, hip hop music's history and sort of existed and had more, had deeper roots. So it was harder to pull along. Mm-hmm. Right. So, when you know you have a lot of these uh these real real traditional bluegrass people that wanted nothing to do with anything that wasn't bluegrass at all right and then and then a lot of those and you know we've encountered a couple of those people here and there but in general when they're faced with what we're doing 
you cannot deny the 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 trueness of the bluegrass in it. You cannot deny how talented the banjo player Dan Widener is. It, mm-hmm. it can't be denied. Yeah. You cannot deny how talented a fiddle and bass player Brian Farrell is. You, you just can't. Right? You cannot deny Wrench uh, and his guitar and his songwriting skills. Any of these songwriting skills are from a bluegrass standpoint. You can't, you can't say that it's not real, right? Mm-hmm. And so all you're doing with that is you're adding... You're putting it over beats and then you're adding a different set of songwriting talent from a hip hop standpoint with me and Dolio. Mm-hmm. So you, as much as you may want to deny it may, as much as you may want to not like it, you cannot deny its veracity from the two different musical cultures. Yes. And it's, it's so unique and so rich it the the blending of two genres that are that i think most people outside will look at it and say no those those two will never meet up those two will never will, will never get together but your sound for for gangsta grass is just so unique and i, I absolutely love it i we, we we appreciate that man we really do I was able to turn my my daughter onto it um, a, a couple of days ago while we were we were listening to some music, and she was absolutely drawn in. I just I started by, by playing bar, barn burning, and she wanted to play the whole track out. And kids today don't want a whole song; they want snippets of no. songs. They want to keep flipping no. through playlists. So the yeah. fact that she wanted to listen to the whole thing was was absolutely awesome to me. That's what we're. That's what we're trying to do. We're, um, and that, that it really does mean something to to us for uh, to get people to not just know the the hook and to not just repeat the hooks because that, mm-hmm. one of the other things that's sort of happened in a lot of music is that it's very hook driven, right? Yes. And so when when I'm coming from a very deep deep hip hop base of the idea of the lyrics are you know what matters you know and the hook's got to be cool but the lyrics are, are the thing and that's the, the the thing that you're you know 30 years down the line if it comes on you still know every word mm-hmm. um that's that's where i'm coming from i i just i just put actually just put out a solo album uh called boom bap therapy i have a song on there called uh john 316 which is a a a very is a sports reference that you got to be 40 years old to even get, you know, the guys in the sign <laughs> holding up the John three sixteen sign, yes. right? And then John is a very Philly word. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's like the universal pronoun. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, in my head, the idea of three sixteen, three verses of 16 bars, right? Cause that was sort of the, sort of the classic hip hop standard. Huh for a long, long time. And a lot of people are letting that go. I'm actually putting t-shirts with that out very soon in the next couple of days. Um, but people have sort of let go of that. And I'm like, no, this is a thing. This means something. Um, and it, it took a little bit more to be able to write, uh, write songs like that. So I'm, I'm trying to maintain that. And so if we're able to keep people through a whole song, in times where people are looking for minute and a half songs and we're doing mm-hmm. four minute songs, I'm, that's my goal. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. That's what, that's the, 
we definitely want people to hit play and then let it play. And they'll enjoy it. They'll stay with the whole album because lyrics have substance. Lyrics mean something. Yeah. yeah. You know, they I really, really do. I really do appreciate your time and, and energy and being here with us and, uh, and chatting with me for a little while. Uh, I thank you so much, but uh, before we go, I, I do have a last question for you because of course, because gangster grass is such a unique blend of blue, of bluegrass and rap. What sports would you combine to create that same feel as gangster grass, but in the sports world? Ooh, that's tough. Um, soccer would be a little bit more interesting if it were smaller, right? So if soccer stadiums and soccer fields weren't as big as they are, um, it would be, it would be easier to sort of get into the game, you know, because it's so big and there's so much space, there's not a lot happening. I think if soccer were smushed down to maybe the size of hockey, right? Yeah. And, you know, there were more shots on goal kind of thing. It might be a little bit more interesting because I think the, the thing that makes the thing that makes hockey way more difficult is that you're on skates, for God's sake. <laughs> um, and so there would probably be more shots on goal if you were running. Um, and so, if, like, if you were to shrink down hockey or soccer to hockey size, that would be, that would be hot. You know, it would, it would be a lot more happening. Um, you'd probably get a lot more people checked, um, <laughs> but there'd be more scoring. So, so we'll have to, to devise hockey or yeah, Saki or Saki. <laughs> Saki. I, I think, I think Saki might work a little bit better. And then, and then, and then you play, you play in socks just to make it funny. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got to have something different there. That's yes, great. You, you play in socks just to make it funny. <laughs> Saki, our new sport. <laughs> our son, thank you so much for being on with us. I really appreciate the time. This was great. No doubt, man. Thank you for having me. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Score Music and Sports Podcast. You can listen to the music mentioned in this podcast by clicking the Spotify link in the description or by searching the Score on Spotify. Please take a moment to leave a review and share the podcast with your friends and family. For more exclusive interviews and playlists, subscribe to the SCORE Music and Sports Podcast now.